Hey dolls, welcome to another episode of Gab Uncensored. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Gabby. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about anxiety and drinking alcohol. Also, towards the end of the show, going to touch on some current events in Newsflash. But the first thing I wanted to talk about, anxiety. Okay, so the number of people that are diagnosed with anxiety are three more than 3 million cases a year in the U.S. alone. About 20% of adults in the United States suffer from anxiety, and this is only based off of those who actually went to the doctor. So I'm going to assume that since many people can't afford healthcare or just don't like going to the doctor or don't think that anxiety is a good enough reason to go to the doctor, I'm gonna guess that that number is probably double. Many people use self-soothing methods or self-medicating methods of dealing with anxiety. The number one method is drinking. So because I have been guilty of this and I have seen it in many, many of my friends and acquaintances, I wanted to talk about it. So my anxiety level, I would say on a scale of one to 10, varies between probably a four and a seven. Four would be my normal, my average, you know, nothing super traumatic or upsetting is going on in my life. And I can manage that number without using any sort of substance or, you know, feeling bad or anxious. What I like to do or what I have done in the past is I've done yoga, I've done meditation, I've done this breathing thing I do. Okay, so I'm gonna teach you guys a little trick right now. I'm not saying you have to have anxiety to use this, but if you're going through a stressful situation or you feel really you know, upset or anxious or freaking out, you can use this. So I close my eyes and I count my breaths. So I count one, two, three, four, five, inhale, So a slow inhale, and then one, two, three, four, five, exhale. It does two things. You're closing your eyes, so you're not being visually stimulated by anything around you. You are counting, which is forcing your brain to focus on a very simple task. And you're making sure that your breathing is even because people that have anxiety would know this. When you're feeling really anxious or upset, your heart is racing and your breathing gets really shallow. Like you are not taking full breaths at all. And it sucks because it makes you tired all the time. Like if you're going through an anxious period in your life or you have a lot going on, it could be a breakup, it could be you lost your job, it could be something wrong with a family member, whatever the case may be. You can be in sort of a constant state of anxiety and you'll be feeling anxious and and on edge and not able to relax one minute and then you're exhausted a lot of the time and you just wanna sleep. And that's why a lot of anxiety is linked to depression because I think your body just gets worn out from being in a high state of panic. You know, it it affects everything. Your tummy feels a little tight, you know, that anxious feeling in your stomach. Like I said, your heart's beating fast, your breathing is shallow, almost like you're out of breath, your mind is racing, 
And that's why several months back, I actually was going through a really traumatic time and I was noticing that I was just not feeling normal physically. I was tired all the time, etc. So I went and had my hormones checked and my cortisol levels, which cortisol is the chemical that's released in your body when you're going through, it's like your flight or fight chemical. And my cortisol levels were so high that I was almost at risk of a heart attack. I'm glad I got it checked because it scared me so much that I started doing things to reduce my stress levels. Um, Like I said, the self-soothing things that I do, you know, I'll stop what I'm doing, I'll go read a book, I'll sit and meditate, I'll do some yoga, I'll go to the beach with my dog and just sit there in silence and I will leave my phone at home. Yes, I know, sounds fucking crazy because we're attached to our cell phones 24 hours a day, but the most peaceful time I can remember when I really needed, you know, a little time to myself was I left my phone at home and I walked to the beach with my dog and I sat there. And there was no, you know, should I check my phone? I wonder if someone texted, you know, I actually turned the phone off and left it at home. It was great. So anyway, let's get back to the drinking part. Everybody drinks. It's a fucking epidemic, if, if you ask me. I mean, the government obviously benefits from people drinking because they legalized alcohol for a reason so that they could tax it and charge people for liquor licenses that want to open bars, etc., etc. And many people die from simply drinking every year, yet they're totally okay with legalizing alcohol, but they're not okay with legalizing things like marijuana. The number of deaths per year from marijuana are almost none. Although I'm not preaching to use marijuana for anxiety because some strains can actually make you more anxious, I've learned, but other strains can actually help in moderate to small doses. I don't think doing anything, any kind of substance, is good in excess because your body's not meant to be loaded up with different chemicals or different things that affect your brain. However, now they even have CBD oils that don't have THC in them, do not cause you to feel high or out of sorts because some people don't like that feeling, but the CBD oil is good for anxiety. So even though I don't personally use it at this time, I've looked into it. Um, And because I'm on a recent kick of trying to eliminate alcohol from my life, it's something that I would consider. So back to the drinking. Drinking is a fake cure-all for anxiety. I'll tell you why. Alcohol is a depressant. When you initially drink and you're feeling stressed out, like how many people get off work or just got done fighting with their boo and they're like, I need to fucking drink. I would say one out of three people have said that phrase. What it does is because you're in a high state of anxiety, right? You have a couple of drinks, it's a depressant or a sedative or what have you. And you initially feel relaxed, you can have fun, you can temporarily forget about whatever is bothering you or whatever is stressing you out. But within a few hours of drinking alcohol, when you're in an anxious state, alcohol actually increases anxiety. So this is what I mean. I'm going to give you a 
perfect personal example that has happened to me countless times. I'm having some drinks, I'm having fun, I'm temporarily forgetting about whatever is bothering me, I'm having fun with my friends. Then, let's say 2, 3 a.m. rolls around and it's time to go home and I start thinking about the thing or the person that's stressing me out and I start feeling overly emotional or impulsive and I perhaps make phone calls or send text messages or engage in conversation that I shouldn't because number one, I've been drinking and number two, I'm in an emotional, an emotionally vulnerable state. How many people have drunk texted? Like everyone that I know that's ever been drunk? Then you go home, you pass out and you're like, oh, I'm gonna sleep great, I had a few drinks, I'm gonna pass out when I get home. Well, you do pass out. But then how many people have, I know this has happened to me, woken up early as fuck in the morning, like 7 a.m., and you can't go back to sleep. You're restless, you're anxious, you have that little feeling in your belly, that little anxious feeling, and you just cannot go back to sleep, and you're just laying there, tossing and turning, miserable for hours, unless you just give in and get, get up and eat, which is what I usually do. Because the more food I eat, I know will get everything out of my system. And then the next day or that day, you're going to feel more anxious than you felt the day before, which could lead to you being more emotional, which could lead to you getting into arguments or picking fights or doing something impulsive as a result of your anxiety. Alcohol is a liar. It's the worst It's one of the worst things I think we can put in our body because if everything is going good in your life and if you're very stable, calm, and in a good place, you can have a couple drinks and feel fine and wake up and there is no problem. But if you're going through anything, anything at all where you're stressed out or have anxiety or feeling sad, whatever the case may be, It really is only going to make you feel good for a few short hours and then it's going to make everything worse. So, oh fuck, I had the worst week. I need a drink. I have removed that phrase from my vocabulary. I don't need a drink. When I'm stressed out, actually, that's the worst thing that I could do. And take it from a person who not only has anxiety, mild to moderate, but studied anxiety, studied alcoholism, and have personally lived through many instances of where I was stressed out. This is how it made me feel. Not only me, friends of mine as well. So if you're feeling anxious, if you are going through something and you need help coping, reach out to a friend, try the breathing thing that I suggested, read a book, go to the beach. Hell, I would even suggest smoking a little pot over going and having a drink. It's only going to make it worse. I'm I'm giving you this information. I'm talking about this because I see people in a merry-go-round of just stress and alcohol, stress and alcohol, stress and alcohol, and it's it's only exacerbating your issues. Exacerbating? Is that the right word? I don't know. You know what I mean. It's only increasing them. 
It's only making your nervousness, your uneasiness, your anxiety worse. Okay, so newsflash. I want to talk a little bit about this whole Kavanaugh situation with this woman who came forward, you know, claiming a sexual assault occurred when they were in high school. I have two opposing views of this in my brain. So I'm going to go ahead and just give you both of them. On one hand, I am just extremely sorry that that happened to her. And I feel very compassionate for her in that no woman should ever feel scared when a man is touching her, period. It can cause irreparable damage to all of her future relationships because that one instance can kind of scar you for life. It's cliche to say, but it's true. Um, Especially if you suppress it, you don't talk about it, but it's in your subconscious. And then God forbid you get into any kind of situation as an adult where you feel threatened or scared or uncomfortable. It could trigger a, a huge emotional response. So that's my one hand. The other side of my brain is saying, why would you wait, you know, 20, 30 years? I don't know how old Judge Kavanaugh is. I would have to look that up. Why would you wait all these years when the man is obviously really nothing like the person he was in high school? He's got a family. He's been working and serving other people his whole life. And he's now in a position to help others and you're gonna come forward now and make it a big press conference because you were in a bad situation with him in high school. I just don't feel that it's right because I know, although I have done nothing that bad when I was a teenager, I know that I'm a completely evolved, different person than I was in high school. Meaning, we've all gotten fucked up. We've all done things that we were even regretful of the next week, let alone 20 years later. It's part of growing. It's part of learning. And although I think at the time it happened, he should have been held responsible and had consequences, it's a very fine line of how many years should you be allowed to come back and force someone to pay for a mistake they made, you, you know, decades ago. I'm, I'm not saying that if what happened is true, that it's not wrong. It is wrong. But do I believe that Kavanaugh is the same person that he was, you know, in high school or college? No. We all grow and evolve. It's a fact of life. And to wait until it's in the limelight and you're making a scene and you want the world to know suddenly, I believe that there is an ulterior motive. When there's an ulterior motive for telling the truth, you lose all credibility in my mind because now you're being shady. You're telling the truth, but you're being shady on the other hand. And I don't agree with it, period. Also, the way that it was approached instead of an FBI investigation being done quietly and then 
if the findings were consistent, then you make an announcement, fine. But to automatically assume the guy is guilty and he actually has to prove his innocence is the opposite of what the Constitution says. You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. Do I think he's innocent completely? No. Do I think that he's a completely different man than he was at 18 years old or whenever this happened? Absolutely. I think you have to look at someone's track record in the past 10 years, not go back 20 to 25 years ago and say, well, he did this one thing, so he doesn't deserve everything he's worked for the last 20 years. And listen, I am a moderate feminist. I'm not burning bras or anything, but I'm good at being in the middle. And that's that's my take on this. Let me know what you think. Either leave me a little voice message on the Anchor app, which is free, or let me know your thoughts on one of my social media platforms. Also, if you have any questions or comments about the anxiety alcohol correlation, I really would love to hear your stories or hear that I've helped in some way or helped explain something. Just let me know. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also leave me a message on Anchor. Thank you for listening, as per usual. Next episode will be another exciting interview on Tuesday. So I hope you guys will tune in. Have a great weekend.